0: You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. and say, hey, Pastor, I gave up those cigarettes last week. I haven't had one since. Come on. Come on, that's what we should be clapping about in here, right? Come on, don't tell me God isn't moving. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm going to have to make sure I stay on topic here. Well, not on topic, but how many of you know the Lord speaks to you? (laughs) And I just kind of have this issue where God just speaks to me so much that <laughs> I'm like, what? what do you want me to say? I'm hearing him all the time. <laughs> so I told Maddie, I said, I don't struggle with hearing God. I struggle with just hearing it so often, constantly. <laughs> what to talk about? So this week, uh, before I forget, Pastor Faith would love for me not to forget the announcements. Um, so before we begin, hey, welcome to the Father's House. If it's your first Sunday here ever, would you raise your hand? First Sunday you've ever been? Oh, awesome. Give it up for these people. Welcome. Glad to have you guys with us. Um, If you're looking for a church, we encourage you to try out a church at least two or three times before you make a decision. That way you get a good feel of the church. Amen. No matter where you go. Um, So, uh, the journey. Somebody say the journey. If you have not joined the church or you're, you want to get involved in serving and just getting involved in our church, the journey is your next step. It is a Wednesday night. It is two Wednesday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. every other month. So it's coming up in May. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it's May 3rd and the 10th. You can sign up online. You can sign up on the Church Center app. You can get your phone out. You can get that QR code. We'd love to have you. I will be teaching that first class. You're going to learn about who our church is, what we believe. And then we also learn about how God has gifted you and some areas in the church and things that you can do to serve this body. Amen? Amen. How many of you know there's a difference between a consumer and a contributor? Amen. Contributors, we believe everybody has something to give. Amen. And it's more than your money some people are like, well, that's what I do. That's how I contribute. I give money. Do you understand that you're literally just making yourself a dollar sign? You have more to give than, your, than just your money. And that's not where we're at. We'd like to see you grow and see the gifts God's given you and not just you give money. Amen. There's a place for you to serve and get involved. Amen. No matter how old or young that you might be. So, um, all right. VBS, Vacation Bible School, uh, we need volunteers. I don't know if there's a QR code for that, but you can sign up on, boom, looky here. You can sign up to help with VBS. Uh, we'd love to have volunteers. That's not going to be until July 24 through 27, so you've got a little time there. Um, also, uh, if you've been interested in the craftsmanship team, if you got that text, that will be in the hospitality room right after service. If some of you are wondering where that was. Um, also, summer small groups. How many of you have been enjoying small groups? Raise your hand. Come on. It's been awesome. We've had so many. Can I, can I just be honest with you guys? As a pastor of the church, my favorite testimonies have been happening in our small groups. Literally. I mean, people. people changing people growing people maturing in the lord has been happening in small groups and real conversations people getting excited people hung people saying i, I would i never like to go to church small groups i didn't even like going to church but i can't wait to come to church and i can't wait for small groups and i'm like man this is amazing so it's awesome we'd love you to get involved we will have summer groups they're going to go for just six weeks signups will be in may you won't miss it trust me um, but we'll have summer groups going for at least six more weeks in the summer um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So sign up. If you didn't this time, you haven't, we're going to be doing this all the time. We'll have a spring, we'll have a summer, we'll have a fall, and then we'll take some breaks. Amen? So sign up, get involved. Um, you need community. You really do, I promise. Um, you know, in the book of Acts, this is why I'm not that good with announcements, because I just thought you could try to preach them sometimes. But, you know, the Bible says that they, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. The breaking of bread and prayer. They were devoted to these things and sharing, like sharing meals together in their home. So they weren't just devoted to sitting at church and listening to teaching. They were devoted, just as devoted to prayer and just as devoted to being together with the church body. So if you're disconnected from the church body, that's not what the Lord has for us. right. He wants you to be connected to his body. And we actually need one another. We really do. So also, I'm so glad you found your way here today. Um and welcome to Third Winter. You know, I told you guys it was coming. Y'all remember me saying that? It's come, here it is. It is winter again. Um, and you made it to church. You made it. 50 degrees. I'm being facetious a little bit. Um, so anyways, this past week, I was talking to Pastor Daryl actually, about a few things. And I was like, all right, Lord, where do you, where do you want me to go this week? I have a, a million things I'd like to talk about sometime in the future talk about finances want to talk about the holy spirit i want to talk about hot topics for our nation and i was like all right lord what do you want me to talk about what do you want me to start on and the lord said he wanted me to talk about comparison and the trap of comparison and comparing ourselves to one another and i know maybe you've heard a message on comparison before you're like no i get it but here's the thing you know how you know if you've got it you're stopped doing it (laughs) right like oh i don't need to go to another marriage thing i've already been to those things well how's your marriage (laughs) Oh, I don't need to do freedom. I've already done stuff like that. Well, how is your freedom? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You know what I mean? How are you actually doing in these things? So I was praying this week, and the Lord was like, I want you to talk to people about the trap of comparison, comparison comparing ourselves to other people and, and feeling insecure or whatever it may be. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for um, the, the Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind god i thank you that transformation comes from renewing our minds and replacing lies with the truth of your word father i thank you that you are melting old mindsets in this house and you are bringing transformation lord i thank you that you are transforming your people into what into looking and acting and talking like your son so god have your way in this place, today is a day of transformation for your people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we lift our hands out like this in front of us and say, Jesus, I want everything that's from you and everything else. I don't want it that's not from you. <laughs> amen? Amen. Isn't that a good prayer? Hmm. I talked about a few weeks ago the, the way that you can know if you have ears to hear and eyes to see is that when you, you're sitting in a Sunday service, that you hear the message for yourself and not for someone else. That's how you know you're, you truly are having ears to hear when somebody's teaching or preaching, that you hear, God, what are you saying to me? Not, oh yeah, that's for those people. Oh, that's another thing for those, but I don't know those type of people. Right? God, what are you saying to me? Humility looks like this. What are you saying to me today? Amen. And actually, for those of us who want to be raised up, the Bible says, if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Amen? Awesome. So, number one, very simple. I don't really have a lot of points, but here's a point for you. Don't compare yourself to others. <laughs> Boom. Ready? Galatians 6, 4 through 10. I love it very beginning of this verse. Ready? Don't compare yourself with others. <laughs> Did you know that was in the Bible? <laughs> it says, just look at your, this is my favorite part just look at your own work to see if you have done anything to be proud of you must each accept the responsibilities that are yours whoever is being taught God's word should share the good things they have with the one who's teaching them if you think you can fool God this is kind of tough here if you think you can fool God check this out you're only fooling yourself how many of you know you cannot fool God how many of you know you can fool people you can fool people. How many of you have been fooled before by someone? <laughs> right? But you we can't fool the Lord. And I love the ending of this verse. It says, you will harvest what you plant. All right? Which is good news. We're going to harvest what we plant. So, th- and this idea of not comparing ourselves to others, it- it's something we do all the time, right? So me and Carter have been going to the gym for, I don't know how many months we've been doing it straight now, three or four? More than that, you've been doing it a little more than I have. Strong guy. And, uh, man, I mean, they're struggling most of the time. But at the gym, the gym is like a breeding ground for comparison. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you don't have to look too far to see someone <laughs> way ahead of you. <laughs> and you're like, and it, it's very easy. There's some guys there. And there's this, there's this guy there who's like 47 years old. Sorry. I think that's kind of old compared to me. Okay? No, no offense. Okay? But he's 47 don't get offended and but he's he's jacked he's huge i mean he's this guy's massive and and it's easy to look at him and one of two things can happen i can be like wow i'm gonna ask this guy for help (laughs) what have you done help me And, and be inspired how many of you know you can compare and look at people that may be above you and be inspired by them or you can get insecure by them, you can get discouraged. You can start to feel less than. And then you can start stepping into pride and, and critic and criticism and saying, well, he's probably just got better genetics than me. He's been doing it his whole life. He probably had a good dad, had a gym in his house. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can start, you can, you can take it there if you want to. You can I can be insecure, like, or I can get discouraged and be like, man, I'm. I'm barely lifting up these two plates. How am I going to ever get to 225? Some of y'all don't know what that means. It's okay. But seriously, it's like I can get discouraged very easy at the gym. Or check this out. I can look around the gym a little further, and I can see some people that are very overweight. And I can see some people that are, in a sense, below me and and my journey, per se. Like, I'm stronger than them. I'm in better shape than them. And and I can start to... So if if I get insecure about the person above me, then I can start to feel secure about the person below me. You see where I'm going? If I get insecure about the person above me, I can start to get (laughs) self-righteous about the person below me. And then I can start to think, okay, good. So if I compare myself... They can go one or two ways. And and listen, you know the Bible says do not envy or covet. How many know that envy and covetousness and comparison can lead to so much internal bitterness and things in your heart that are not good for you? How many of you know when the Bible says guard your heart, it doesn't say keep people out of your heart. It means keep bitterness out of your heart. Keep shame out of your heart. Keep guilt out of your heart. It doesn't mean put a wall up and don't let anybody in. No, 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 no. It's because at the gym, I have an opportunity. I go to this guy. His name's Keith. You know what I ask him? I'm asking him questions. What do you do for your back, man? I'm going to humble myself. (laughs) I'm like, oh, man, I ain't never going to be that big. I might as well just go home. Because that's what happens too, right? Like I might as well give give up. I've been doing this for four months, not seeing a whole lot of of progress. And that's what we get we get saved. Maybe you don't see this drastic progress, but if you're just comparing yourself to people above you, instead of just taking an honest assessment of where you are and being okay with it. How many of you know that like the Bible said there you can't fool him? You can't fool God. And at the at the at the gym, you, you can try to prove yourself if people are around. Put some more weights on. You can step into that insecurity full, full blown. Right? And this happens in every aspect. Maybe it's happening in your workplace. Maybe it's even happening volunteering here at the church. It's happening when we, we have this opportunity, guys. Let me tell you this. We have this opportunity to look at people who might be above us and be inspired and be encouraged and humble ourselves, and ask for help, and ask, man, how can I grow in these ways? What are some books I can read about marriage? What are some books I can read about parenting? Man, you are so good with your kids. Man, you're so calm with your kids. Man, will you help me, is there something I can do? Or, we can be insecure, and start to just wanna tear down people that might think are above us, or beyond us, and we can start saying, well, you know, I've seen the way they talked to their wife that one day, so they really ain't that spiritual. I see this happen in, in friends of sinners a lot of times too, in the rehab. You know, when we look at the people who are running the rehab and, and, and they get so um, critical, I'm like, guys, you can't look at these people. You know, if they're doing, if they're where you, if they're where you want to be one day, you got to humble yourself. <laughs> Don't just look at any flaws they might have. How I do mean, you know everybody has flaws? You know? I'm not going to say this guy's name, but he's kind of got the guy, the big guy at the gym. He's kind of got little legs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Carter knows. Oh, how many you know the joy of the Lord is our strength? Yeah, how many of know joy is a third of the kingdom? Isn't that a good word? My goodness. This is how people are like, man, Pastor Mike jokes too much. This is, this is who I am. I'm not going to try to change or prove myself for you. I love you. I'm not going to change. It's wonderful. I feel feel so free about it (laughs) Um, because I'm free to be who I am, and you're free to be who you are, and we can learn from one another, (laughs) right? But but it doesn't mean I'm free to be immature, and I'm free to be be a stay a baby in Christ. Well, I'm just free to be here. No, we need to grow up. (laughs) We need to grow up. We need to get better. I need to go to the guys at the gym and say, hey, man, how can I help you? Or how can you help me? Excuse me. And then I found myself the other day. There was a kid in there who was probably about 12 years old. He was probably the only people in there that are, I'm stronger than. <laughs> Some of y'all caught that. And he's, like, doing the lab machine, and he's doing it wrong. And it's, like, all kinds of crazy. So, I, so what do I do? And okay, how can I help this guy who's, who doesn't know maybe as much as I do? Instead of just looking at the person below me and making myself feel really good. You know what I mean? But that's what can happen. We cannot compare it. You can't, listen, comparison brings competition. The reason why one of our core values is identity. And what we mean by identity is that your value comes from the blood of Jesus. And you know who can take that away from you? There's only one person who can take that away. You. You know how? You start to believe it comes from somewhere else. If you want to place your value in how much weight you can lift at the gym, you want to place your value in how how good your marriage is or how bad it is, if you want to place your value in anything else besides his blood, you're going to feel less than at times. And you will find yourself trying to prove yourself to people. You ever notice you get in certain circles around people, whether it be with education or spiritual conversations, and they might be a little above you or a little deeper than you, and you find yourself trying to say something to prove yourself that you know something too. Let's just be real. I've done it too. You know how freeing it is that you don't have to do that? That I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to prove that I'm sp- So I don't have to prove that I know something, too. I can just be completely who I am and where I am, and God's completely okay with it. And check this out. He actually knows where I am. And the Bible would say, hey, you're not fooling God. You're just fooling yourself. And so comparison can lead us to things. I can look at people that have a stronger marriage, that they're they're stronger fathers, and they're, they're better husbands, and I can get insecure. Or I can say, man, will you help me? <laughs> will you help me? I-, I call some mentors and leaders in my life that ha- have fruit, that they've raised kids and their kids are serving God and I call and say, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this thing. it Is- What would you do? Do Is- you have some wisdom for me? You know what I mean? But if I, here's, here's the-, the-, the trap, guys. If you just if you never will be teachable from someone who maybe knows something more than you, then all you'll do is hang out with people that are where you're at or below you to keep yourself. And that's why it's a trap, because you won't grow. How many of you know we need a coach? We need our coaches, amen? Everybody had a coach. Michael Jordan had coaches, Kobe's had coaches. And we need these coaches, and the reality is we got to be willing. Because, listen, that's what we do. We look at people who are below us, and you can make yourself feel really good. And you see that in the book of Luke. There's a parable, all right? So just a few things. Comparing can cause shame and insecurity, or it can cause self-righteousness. Because I'm insecure about the people above me, or I'm better than those people below me. And then now you're self-righteous. And then all all of those places you've come to will stop you from growing. Luke 18, 9 through 14. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector says this. To some who were confident. Check this out. This is kind of (laughs) tough. Look at the way this puts it here. To some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Whoa. Let me read it in this different version. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. He was saying if you're the one that compares yourself to people below you to make yourself feel above, this is his parables for you. <laughs> How many know this is in the Bible, so This is good, right? And he says this. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, which was the religious people, And the other, a tax collector, which were uh, Jews who were um, traitors basically to their own people who would collect taxes for Rome. People hated tax collectors. How many of you watched The Chosen? One of my favorite parts about The Chosen is when Jesus calls Matthew. And Peter is like, what? No way. This is a nasty, dirty sinner. This is literally what's happening right here. And he says to him, The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like those other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. How many of you know that if you look around the world today, it is easy to make yourself feel pretty good about your morality? Because the world has seemed to get less moral and more demonic and nonsense. And people don't know what genders they are and are trying to put it on kids and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It's easy if you're comparing yourself with the world to make yourself feel pretty good. Well, I'm not. Or, or this. If you're, if you're just looking at your marriage, uh, we're not getting divorced like those people. Those people, they're, they're, on the, they're on the thread. They're walking the needle. We're better than that. Then you're not going to step into growth. If you're comparing yourself to people who are way below, you're not going to see where you need to go. you got to see. Does that make sense? Let me raise your hand. Is this making sense? Thank you. Awesome. So he says, I'm not like those evildoers. I'm not like that people across the street, Lord. I hear them yelling at their wife through the windows. I'm not like my brother. My brother don't even go to church, but once a month. I'm not like him, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm not like those people that still smoke, and those people that do drugs. I'm not like my sister who still did this, or I'm not like her who got pregnant before she got married. God, I thank you. I'm not like her. Whoa. Hmm. We found ourselves self-righteous, right? And then he goes on to say this, verse twelve. He says, "I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get." He said, "I'm fasting. I tithe. I give money to the church." Look at me. In comparison to these nasty, look at these tax collectors. God, I ain't, God, I got, what he's basically saying is, God, I know he's downplaying his own issues. Can I I tell you this? One of my core values in my life is trust and authenticity. If you present yourself like you have no issues, I don't trust you. I'm just telling you. If you present yourself constantly like you don't struggle with anything ever, it's, it's not authentic. Because the thing you might actually realize you're struggling with is pride. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love giving people real answers when they ask me how I'm doing. And I was talking to my buddy who runs a coffee shop here in town. I was talking to him about some things going on. And, and he was just like, man, how's your heart? And I was like, not good. I'm pretty upset. And at first it was funny. He was kind of like, oh. I said, yeah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> this is where i met. at. Just give me a moment. I know the Lord is with me. I know he's, I'm going to take it to him, but I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. How many of you know it's okay to be disappointed? God's not like, oh, don't be disappointed ever again. No, he's saying, hey, don't stay there. Don't make it a season. How many of you know God, he doesn't want, to, he doesn't want us to take our hard moments and make them into seasons? maturity looks like you taking difficult things and shortening them out of the time to get back into communion (laughs) and get back in faith and get back in hope. Amen? So, and I find myself struggling all the time, but he's saying to the the tax collector, uh, I, I stood at a distance. Check this out. The tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but bent his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He took a a good understanding of where he was actually at spiritually. And when we get to that place, you can see God will respond with mercy. God will respond with grace. What does the Bible say? He gives grace to the humble. Right? But he opposes the proud. We can't be like this Pharisee saying... God I thank you that I'm, I'm not like my, my sister I'm not like my brother these people who are below me those people I heard, they, I, heard still, I heard her still cussing the other day there's one person we're supposed to compare ourselves to and it's Christ and listen here's the good news it's not so that you see that you fall short it's that you see what you can become did you hear me? For too long in the church, we have made our comparison to Jesus about where we fall short instead of what we could become. He didn't just come to show us what God could do, He came to show us what you could do, empowered by the same Spirit. That's good news. It wasn't just to show us what He could do, what the God man could do. It was to show us when He said, Mike, the things I've done, you're gonna do greater things than these, right? And you're saying, I'm always supposed to compare myself to Jesus, and there's always going to be more of my life that needs to look like him. But if I look at people below me, I will just stay where I am and think I'm pretty good. And I'll become self-righteous saying, well, I'm not like those people. That, they can't even keep a job. You know what I mean? I know it's quiet in here because this it, is all kinds of thoughts that we've all thought. Those, and we can get so religious about it, They're not even filled with the Holy Ghost. They don't even have the evidence of speaking in tongues. My goodness. I'll be honest with you guys. Some of the godliest people I know and some of the, the most exemplifying of love people I know haven't spoken tongues. I said some of them, not all of them by any means. I've met some Baptist missionaries before that were full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they're not above me, they don't even have tongues. How silly. You know what I mean? This comparison game brings competition in the church. And I'm here today to tell you there's no competition in the kingdom of heaven. There's no competition at the Father's house. Look at your neighbor and say, no competition. Say, when you win, I win. And when I win, you win. Isn't that good? So it's a team effort. How many of you ever watch sports? Good sports players, if they're like Kobe or somebody like that, Jordan's better, but if they're good sports players after the game, if they did really well, and you ever see where the, the, um, the reporters try to get them to talk bad about their teammates because maybe they didn't do as well, a good sports player, you know what they say? It's not a one-man team. This is a team sport. It's not all about me. I'm not going to point a finger. I'm not going to play into your little game because that's what the enemy wants to come do. He wants to come point out and make you feel special about you and make everybody else feel less than you. You can start thinking, oh, this is about me. No, this is a team. This is a body. When you win, Joel, when you win, Juan, when you're praying with somebody and somebody comes to your small group and they get touched and somebody gets set free off something in your house, we all win. I'm not insecure thinking, well, that didn't happen on Sunday morning. They didn't respond to the altar call like I wanted them to. Nobody came up and I got to pray with them and they didn't give up their cigarettes. How ridiculous. When you win, I win. When I hear God's touching someone, we all win. We all win. I don't care if it happens here. I don't care if it happens there. I don't care if it happens on your home, on the way home. When God touches you in some way, I'm excited. I don't need to be involved. I remember one time Juan was praying for this guy, and when Juan prayed for him, his pain left his knee. When I prayed, nothing happened. (laughs) And then how many of you know the word for the enemy in the Bible is the accuser of the brethren? Well, God, I'm better than Juan. I know I am the pastor. No, when you win, I win. Praise God. You know you know what I've done since then? Let's go get one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, the, the hand can't say the foot, I don't need you, and the foot can't say the hand, I don't need you. It's saying we all need one another, and if there's anointing something you're walking in, I'm going to be excited for it. Instead of comparing myself to you, either being insecure or becoming self-righteous, I'm only going to compare myself to Jesus. And he's gonna always, you know, what he's always going to say to me: "Hey, son, there's more. <laughs> hey, Mike, man, you're doing a good job, but there's still more. Yeah. Hey, your marriage—oh, I'm so glad you're working on it. I'm so glad you're reading that book. That's awesome. You've done a million marriage conferences, Mike. That's incredible. There's more. Yeah. Come on, there's more, son. There's so much more. It's an ever-ending, ever-increasing glory." Ever, and he's saying, Mike, I'm gonna to continue to conform you for the rest of your life. So, comparison, he calls competition, right? You see this with sports, you see this with anything. You, I posted something on Facebook this past week. It's, I said, any form of trying to prove yourself is rooted in an orphaned heart. Let me say it again, any form of trying to prove yourself, is rooted in an orphaned way of thinking. I don't have to prove myself right now. happens it can happen on this platform it can happen anywhere you're thinking man i and i talk about this a lot because i see it's such a prevalent thing in the church thinking i need to get the microphone i got something to say why does she have something to say and this person got up there and i don't And you're thinking well i got something i gotta prove myself and show people it's an orphan minded god will make room Hmm. guys we got to get we got to get to seeing the value of, of simply just being kind to our children instead of having a citywide worship night. I uh, know <laughs> some people don't like this, that's okay. I, I love worshiping Jesus, I love it, all my heart. Well, sometimes we miss the value of the hard thing. Did you know that Friends of Sinners right now is needing men and women to go and disciple men and women right now? How I many of you know you can make disciples? There's opportunities in this city right now. And you don't need a church group. You don't need to put it on Facebook. You don't need to tell everybody. You just call and they need help. It is that simple. And, and, and we, we somehow, we, we make, we compare ourselves to things and we're looking for opportunities to do something big and not realizing that one person is big. I remember the first time I drove to the Fowler's House Recovery in Ohio County to teach a class. There was one guy there. I remember the first time I was ever asked to speak or give my testimony. Most of y'all probably don't even know this. It was a blow of your mind. It was at First General Baptist Church. Anybody know that? Maddie, maybe. There was it was a Sunday school room for teenagers. There was three kids in there. But if I want to compare myself to someone like Daniel Kalenda, who just ministered to 30, 50, 80,000 people at a time. When we were in Dallas, me and Maddie went to an amazing church called Mercy Culture. And if I go in there as an orphan and trying to compare myself, I'll be critical of the leader or I'll start to say, well, they're, you know, they're not really above us. We're, we're just as good as them. the answer is not really. We've got a lot to learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I can look at other churches who might seem smaller than ours and less uh, mature than ours. Like I said, make ourselves feel pretty good. You know what I mean? Or I can be humble. Say, God, where do do I need to grow? What do we need to learn? What do we need to take from this? I just got off the phone this past week with a, a minister in Florida. She is helping me with so many things, and I'm just sitting there taking notes. Yep. Awesome. Thank you thank you Lord but you know what happens it doesn't mean that I still don't battle those thoughts of competition I'm not saying I'm perfect I'm saying they still come we played basketball the other day it's, how many of you like to play basketball it's easy to lose your identity real quick playing a basketball game <laughs> or doing anything shooting guns anything competitive right you're putting your, your identity and your value in something competitive. Somebody's going to be better than you, right, at those things. But that, that's the beauty of it is I can be who I am, you can be who you are, and we can both have value. Amen? So another thing I, um, I see is we, we compare uh, storms. So let me say it like this. You compare your life's traumas to other people's or their lack of, and then you feel like you, you get straight into victimhood. So what will happen is if, you, if you're if you saying like, well, I was I, these bad things happened to me, and these things happened to me, and then uh, this person died, or I don't know what happened, and that don't happen to anybody else in the small group. And then what happens? You start to take on a victim mentality, and you actually start to lose, uh-oh, you take on a victim mentality, and then you start to lose celebration and rejoicing with your brothers and sisters. And then it becomes a victim. Poor me. Why not me, Lord? Why did, why did their life go so well? Why did their finances keep going so well? Why did they get that job? And what happens is you start to lose this ability to step into thankfulness. How many of you know when things aren't going well in your life, God gives you, God gives you like a, the answer by celebrating something going well in your brother's life? Let me say that again. When things aren't going well in your life, it's easy to look at other people's lives going well and then become a victim. But actually, it's an opportunity to you to get excited and come out of that victim mentality and rejoice with your brother. Does this make sense? But what happen is if you compare storms, you'll start to become a victim, and you're like, well, "Why me?" I, my first Sunday morning here at this church, it was beautiful. Some of you, how many of you were here maybe? 2013. I think it was October 26th. And there was a, a minister here. It was a black guy, evangelist. He was preaching. He's from Henderson. And he said something that stuck with me. He talked about how he was abused. He had a hard life. He was an addict. But you know what? He stood in front of this church and said, he said, I'm nobody's victim. I'm a child of God. And I remember thinking, Yes! That's me. Because for 24 years, I, I had the victim mentality. Look at my life. Look at this. Look at my dad. Look at the blah, 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 blah and just victim. And then you know what all that did for me it was make me depressed and make me closed off. And I didn't grow. I didn't get out of it because I always had an excuse to why I was a certain way. We, we get offended when someone tells us not to be depressed or someone tells us to be happy because you're like, hold on a second. I got all these reasons why I'm not supposed to be happy. We feel like people are telling us those aren't a big deal. We're not saying they're not a big deal. We're just saying something else has happened to you, and his name is Jesus, and he sets you free from that stuff, and he's given you a new name, and he's given you a new hope and a new future. We're not saying it didn't happen. I see people that have this depression mentality as if it's their identity. And they get offended when you say you shouldn't be depressed. And you need to know what we're not saying is what happened to you is not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's terrible. We get that, but we're saying you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay. And and then, even more, you can get free and then you can go be hope for people who need freedom. This is good news. This is the way the kingdom works. Victim mentality, competition destroys unity, destroys the advancement of the gospel. But if we can be humble, if we can be okay with where we're at, we can rejoice with one another. Man, we can see just so much joy and things change. Me and Maddie, when we lost the first baby, somebody came in the room with their baby after she had her surgery. And immediately there was the devil wanting me to be upset about their baby. And I said, "No. Every gift, every child is a gift from God. Look at that baby. We're so happy for you. We're so happy for that baby. We got to get away. And I, some people might not agree with this. I'm not saying we're not insensitive, but we got to stop walking on eggshells to people's victim mentality and being scared of celebrating what God's doing in our lives. If you get pregnant and then your friend has trouble getting pregnant, I'm saying, rub it in her face. Look what done. But we need to get past that and be able to celebrate with our friends." This is a celebration. Your kid's still lost and running around crazy and somebody gives you a testimony. Do you know what testimony means? It means do it again, Lord. So if someone's in small group and they say, well, my son got saved, and instead of you being like, well, my son still hasn't got saved, you can say, yes, there it is. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. You can do it, God. Do it for my son. And until then, I'm going to celebrate with you. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to lift me out of that dark place. Because the devil just wants you to get stuck in the dark place of competition and victim mentality. And you're just stuck there with all of your reasons why you should be there instead of looking for the reasons to get out. My Lord. The vision of this house is a healthy home for the city. And I'm telling you, it's what we're going after more than anything else is the people of God being fully alive in Christ and their families being transformed, because here's the good news. Y'all wanna see the nation transformed? It starts with families. It starts with the household, it starts with parents, and it gets to the children. Because the value system of our nation, listen, the kids learn their values in the home. If they're gonna, what they're gonna believe about certain things comes from their home life, comes from mom and dad. That's why I don't, uh, uh, we've got to be careful with those social media nonsense with your children. Well, my, my, my kids, they'd freak out. Well, there, there's an even bigger problem then, isn't there? That goes to show you, they probably shouldn't have it. Because you've got to be careful. It's not just about being strict parents. It's about what values are getting into your kids. Because Pastor Daryl, for an hour and a half once a week, cannot get the values into your kids. Amen? All right. So don't compare storms. I felt that strongly. I also felt just like really unhealthy. Like maybe as parents, like people have, uh, it's not healthy to compare our kids to one another either. If you were just like your brother, he's a lot more gentle than you are. She's a lot more sweet than you. me and Maddie catch ourselves watching what we say very closely. Because we don't want to build competition amongst our kids. You know why? Because it'll just build shame amongst our kids and self-righteousness amongst our kids. I'm better than him. I'm the one that always does, I'm the one that always listens. John, don't ever listen. God, I thank you that I'm not like John, my brother. He's terrible. <laughs> right? And then the other one usually is doing hiding shame. And then years from now, they'll have to go to Freedom. To try to come out of shame and stuff that happened as kids. I believe God wants to set people free from comparison to siblings. Hmm. On both ways. <laughs> from the self-righteous side and the shame side. Listen, God wants to set you free from the victim mentality, Period. <laughs> I've been there with you, I promise. I've had the horrible things happen to my life. I've I've been all those things. God's taken me out of it, and now He's using me to help other people come out of it. And it's amazing. So, um, man, we're going. Time is wonderful today. We're going to go to one o'clock. Get that baby a snack. I'm just kidding. Uh, Another thing not to compare, don't compare storms. Don't compare yourselves. Always compare yourselves to Christ. And this one I'm seeing a lot of too, I I really want to talk about for a moment. Don't compare sins. And let me say it like this What I see in the church, especially amongst younger people, and we compare our sin struggles. So we're like, okay, uh, I'm not watching pornography because that's really bad, but I'm watching, you know, Game of Thrones. And comparison to that, I'm doing pretty good, right? In comparison, once again, you get back to this unhealthy idea of comparison. Oh, me and Maddie, we don't really need no help with our marriage. In comparison to some of these people, we're good. But we start to compare sins and say, and we can compare them to the more drastic sins, to the lesser ones. And then you get to a place also where you're not growing because you're still allowing sin in your life. Well, I'm not listening to little baby no more. But, you know, I'm still listening to some of these. They're, 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 they're a little less vulgar. Well, I used to, I used to, uh, which I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying we're not going to celebrate some gradual, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm glad you're getting somewhere, but you're not supposed to stay there. And what I'm talking about is people staying there. Because it's, you know, it's a trap, the thought of, well, I'm better than I was. That's good, but it also can be a trap. Because you'll say, well, I, you should have I mean, seen me before. Okay, that's awesome. But well, how are you growing now? Right? What are you growing right now? What is God doing in your life right now? I would encourage you, if you don't know what God is trying to change in your life, then you're not actually listening to the Holy Spirit. I can tell you exactly things he's trying to shift in my life right now People say Mike do you need prayer (laughs) yes he's trying to teach us something he's trying to mold you in areas but if you're stuck comparing yourself in a couple different ways you're not going to be listening because you're thinking oh I'm good this message is for somebody else it's not for me you know, I listened to Francis Chan talk about preaching on pride. He said, God, if I preach on pride, here's the problem. The people that are actually prideful aren't going to listen. <laughs> this morning is an opportunity to humble ourselves before God, take an honest understanding of where we're at, and you know what God's going to give you? Grace. You know what he's going to give you? Mercy. <laughs> he's going to say, oh, keep coming. Because, guys, we can't fool the Lord. You can't fool the Lord with how immature you are or how mature you are or what you know or what you don't know. You don't have to prove yourself. This is freeing this morning. I can sit at a table amongst leaders and not have to prove myself. I don't have to talk. I don't have to step into to prove my, I don't have to see people to see what I know. I don't have to do that, neither do you. You can get to a place where you're saying, you know what, this is is all the Bible I know. I don't even know all the books. I don't even know the difference in the Old Testament. Guess what? That's a great starting place. It's called humility. This is all the scripture I know. This is my prayer life. These are all the books I've read. Uh, You know, I, I don't really know what that means. I don't know what eschatology means. I don't really understand this. I don't really understand that. And God's like, great, that's fine. I'll teach you. But if we fool ourselves and we're trying to prove ourselves and be something we're not, we'll never grow we'll never learn. We're stuck in this orphan thinking. So let's not compare sins either to greater sins per se and lesser ones. How about sin is sin. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say if you've cut back on things, praise God, I celebrate with you. But don't get stuck in that place of, well, I used to be real crazy. But now I haven't changed in 2 years. You know what I mean? But now I've just go to church and I stopped cussing. You know what I mean? That's, those are good things. But you can get stuck there. I can get stuck there and say, well, I'm a better dad than I was four years ago. You should have seen me then. Does this make sense? But guess what? I want to I be compelled by love. Look at Jesus and say, oh man, there's still, I still don't look like you in these areas, God. There's more for me. Somebody say, there's more for me. Look at your neighbor. There's more for you too. How many of you know some comparison can be a good thing? Like I can go to people, I, I, want, I want to go to this guy at the gym who's jacked and I want to learn, I want to look like him. Like that's okay. How many of you know Jesus didn't condemn the disciples for wanting to be great? He, he told them how to get there. He didn't say, don't strive to be great. He said, this is just what's going to cost. It's going to cost you everything, and you're actually going to have to go low. You're going to have to be the servant of all if you want to be great. He was saying, here's the way. (laughs) Look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. We'll end here in a second. Paul writes this, be imitators of me as I of Christ. Man, that convicts me because it's like for my kids, how many of you know that most things are caught, not taught? with our children. They are going to, I tell you, every time me and Maddie get in a little spat or get in a little argument, I'm telling you, my little Mercy, she'll be, it's like they are glued. They're like, oh, mom and daddy are fighting now. Not just us. What are they, what are they going to do? And they'll even tell us, guys, Stop. Stop fighting. Mommy, say sorry to daddy. And I'm like, oh, praise God. Hallelujah. That's right. They're hearing from God already. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Sort of. And, and then they'll say, daddy, say sorry to mommy. And you know what we did? And, and no, 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 we got to do right in this moment because how we do right in this moment is going to shape these kids. So we let all our pride go. I'm sorry, Mommy. Well, Mommy was wrong. Mommy needs to stop yelling and being ridiculous. Don't do that. Because I want to say to my kids, hey, just imitate Dad because I imitate the Lord, Right? Let me say it like this, I'm not here to shame you or anything, the world is looking, this is an old saying that people say, but it's true, they say that you're the only Bible that people will ever read, so people are looking at you to see something, and they don't want to see religion, (laughs) they want to see Christ, and he's saying, let's get our life to look more like him so the world can see Jesus. That is the goal of this. I'm going to continually compare myself to him so I can look and grow more into him. Looking at Jesus is an invitation for more. It's not a measuring stick of, Mike, you are doing a bad job. It's like, no, 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 there's more, Mike. Come on, come up here. And Paul would say, doesn't that seem kind of prideful? Paul says, hey, imitate me as I imitate God. Do what I do. But it's not prideful if what you do is being like Christ, You know what I mean? If what you do is selflessly and sacrificially loving people, then yeah, you have every right to say, hey, do what I do. Amen? Amen. So, worship team, come. I believe a few things are going to happen. I believe God wants to break off this orphan spirit in this place of, I got to prove myself. I gotta prove myself to someone. I gotta act. I gotta become an actor <laughs> around certain people because I don't want them to see maybe who I am or what I'm struggling with. God's gonna set you free from that this morning, amen? And he loves you. And maybe you need freedom from the being the self-righteous person that looks to people below you all the time. God wants to set you free as well. There's mercy for you as well, amen? Could we stand to our feet? Our prayer team, come. Thank you, Lord. If you guys can play some music, that would be great. Hey, if it helps you this morning, can you just close your eyes? Got no keys over here, Andrew. Glory to God. Could you just close your eyes? Hmm. I don't know where you stand on the end of this message this morning. Maybe, maybe you're the self-righteous one. It's like, man, I'm better than all these other people. <laughs> maybe you don't even really realize it that that's been you today, but maybe the Lord was just like, hey, this isn't good. I want you to repent from that this morning. Or maybe you're the opposite, and you're continually comparing yourself to people around you, and just feeling shame and burden, and feeling like a victim. God wants to set you free from that. You're nobody's victim. You are a child of God. You are a new creation in Christ. Maybe you've been comparing sins and saying, "Well, these these aren't as bad as these." There's an opportunity for you to repent this morning as well and to step into the fullness of what Jesus has for you. He has something better. With every eye closed in this room, even our prayer team, I just want everybody to, and our worship team, even just just ask the Lord, Lord, where do I stand? What do I need this morning? Holy Spirit, what do I need? Which part of this is for me? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe part of the sibling part as well, just an unhealthy... Stuff with siblings or or business partners or, I don't know, somebody you work with, pastors. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to take just another moment. If you feel like the Lord says, man, I'd like you to go down front to actually pray with part of the prayer team for this. If you need to do that, I just want you to come now. I'd like someone to pray with me this morning. Holy Spirit, would you speak to people right now if you want them to come down? There's no shame in this place. (laughs) Only grace. Hmm. Hmm. Can we just lift our hands all over this place? Can we just pray this prayer? God, change me. (laughs) Help me. Mold me to look like you. Mm. Father, I just pray for your people right now. God, I thank you for the humility to fall in this room. God, I thank you for people who need to come to these altars before they leave, that they would come, God, that they would be ministered to. God, I thank you for transformation, for calling us higher in this place. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, listen, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus, you have not been saved, you have not given your life to him, you've not repented of your sin and turning your life to him, if you need to get born again, please do not go. Grab somebody and come to this altar. We'd love to pray for you. So everybody do me a favor. Look at your neighbor say, is that you? Say, I'll go with you. And if you need healing in your body, if you're believing God for breakthrough in your body, for sickness, our altars are open. Our prayer team is equipped. They are ready to pray for you. Do me another favor say, turn to your neighbor and say, is that you? I'll go with you. These altars are open. Bless you guys. Have an awesome week. You're welcome to come down for prayer. We love you guys. Have a good day.